Welcome to the Grow Equation Podcast, a training podcast for service-based business owners who want to hashtag work less, earn more. Your host, Diana Lidstone, has been working with businesses for more than three decades to help them get known as the undeniable authority in their industry, ramp up their profits, and optimize their resources with the end goal that they work less and earn more. So if you're ready to implement simple steps to banish the hustle and to do business differently, then stop. Stop folding laundry or running on your treadmill, grab a pen and paper, and let's dive into today's episode. So welcome everyone, welcome friends. I'm so excited today to have a fellow Canadian and a podcast host and speaker, Mark Winnie. So welcome aboard, Mark. Mark, you've been a longtime entrepreneur who helps coaches get clients without paid advertising. I love that. And you're perhaps best known for your Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle, your podcast, Natural Born Coaches. And for those of you listening today, all his contact information is in the show notes. So welcome aboard, Mark. Thanks, Diana. I should have worn one of my Roots sweaters. That's a Canadian brand. I'm not much of a Tim Hortons coffee drinker. I don't like coffee, but I could have worn my Roots here just to keep the Canadian vibe there. But that's okay. I'm wearing Eddie Bauer um, now. so <laughs> All good. All good. Yeah, I'm interested that, first of all, you're a Maritimer. And as I was doing some little, you know, digging deep on your profile, I see that you've been a coach and in this industry since I think it was 2014. But I haven't heard you talk about before coaching. So what did you do before coaching? Well, my main thing before coaching was real estate. I did that for 10 years throughout my 20s, right out of university. So I do talk about it on podcasts, things like that, and emails and stuff, just for for the main reason that I learn a lot from it. I had hockey stick growth. There's another Canadian reference. Hockey stick growth through real estate for 10 years. It was just doubling business every year. It was going crazy. I built up my business to about 100 agents and employees, a couple offices, five businesses here in my little neck of the woods of Atlanta, Canada. And then everything came crashing down You know, a little over a decade ago. Basically, make a long story short, that's how I got into coaching because I needed help getting back on my feet because my life was a mess. And after a decade of everything I touched turned to gold, everything I touched turned to crap for a couple of years. And yeah, I got introduced to coaching that way, worked with some great people, had some great mentors. And then 2014, I was ready to get rolling again and decided to get into coaching. And here we are today. Here we are today. And right away, you started a podcast. So in 2014, that must have been like, so new to people, right? Well, the funny thing is, I thought I was late to the party. (laughs) So I think technically, I'm not up on the whole podcast history. But one of my friends, Scott Patton, had a show since 2006. Now that was an outlier. That's definitely not normal. But I'd been following John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneur on Fire, which I think he started somewhere in around 2012-ish or 2011, I think in that ballpark. So when I launched my show, I was almost in the business for about a year when I launched my podcast. It was late 2014 that Natural Born Coaches went live. Well, I learned from John because I was in his wife's Podcasters Paradise community and learned through their program and everything. So I thought, oh man, I'm really late for this. I'm too late for podcasting. I should have jumped in sooner or whatever. Now I have people in 2022 who are telling me like, well, yeah, Mark, you were early in it. You're the first adopter. It was too late for me. And I always say, you know, it's never too late. Just get started now. It's like that old Chinese proverb, best time to plant a tree, you know, was so on that 20 years ago, the next best time is today or whatever. That same thing with podcasting or anything really. 
Yeah. And, you know, you have this freebie coach's roadmap and you talk about identifying your three pillars in there. Right. And uh, I think that's really interesting. I talk about very often to entrepreneurs about, you know, what is your number one way you're going to generate leads? You talk about three. So you've got podcasting, Facebook group, which your coach's jungle is just like exploded. Mm. But the third one is email marketing. And I'd love for you to share a couple of tips to the coaches who are listening and to others who are listening, because it's not just coaches who need an email list, right? Yeah. Well, the asterisk on the email list is I'm a fan of daily emails. So a lot of people listening might think, well, yeah, I do email marketing. I email once a week or once every two weeks or the odd time twice a week. It's just not consistent. I did email quote, email marketing for two years when I first got started online and I got nothing from my email list because I was doing it like most other people inconsistently. And I was ready to quit on it and I ended up switching to daily emails back in April 2014. And then here we are today. I haven't missed a day yet with it and I've done it religiously. So by the way, those three pillars, I don't want people thinking they have to do the exact same three things. You know, your pillar could be different than mine, Diane, although I know that, you know, with you, with the podcast, other things, maybe they are the same, but people sometimes think, oh, well, Mark does it this way. I have to do everything the exact same way. But the big takeaway for those three things is I hammer all three of them hard. So the podcast, you know, I've released 750 episodes of Natural Born Coaches. I had a solo show and an Alexa flash briefing. And then with going out on shows like this, I'm up, you know, probably double that of the other things added in the Facebook group, I hammer hard. So we're at almost 22,000 members and then daily emails. So all three of the things I'm doing laser focus, but the key lesson there is I'm not trying to do 200 (laughs) different things and then not focus on any of them. Exactly. And I think that's what so many people in business do They're you know, it's throwing spaghetti at the wall And they don't really laser focus in or master one or two or three really good things. Yeah. I mean, it's good to sample, take a pick of the buffet from different things when you're getting started. You know, I bashed Clubhouse earlier and hey, there's people who are doing great on Clubhouse. And if you're doing great, then, you know, by all means. For me, I sampled it. It was like eating Brussels sprouts for my business and I spit it out. I didn't want any more. I want to go back to pizza and fun stuff for me, which is podcasting, emails and so on. So it's always good to kind of pick and sample and see, but you should know pretty quick. The main criteria I look at when you're choosing your pillars or whatever you want to call it is that uh, has to be something that you enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it consistently. If you don't like writing, maybe emails aren't the way to go if you feel like throwing up every time you're writing. Although I'd argue you could do emails even if you don't enjoy writing there's ways to link it to videos you do and stuff like that but so the criteria would be something that you enjoy and it should be something that works if you're doing something for 10 years and you've never gotten a client from it it's probably time to look at doing something different but yeah it should be something that you enjoy doing and something that actually gets an ROI for you I love that about enjoyment because a lot of people are so unhappy in their businesses yeah they're just doing stuff because they think, well, someone told me I have to do this, or this is what I have to do for money. Good example of that, I had a Zoom call years ago with a coach who reached out to me because her business wasn't going well, and she wanted to see what she could do. So 
I could see from doing my research and stuff, she was an executive coach was the title she went with. When we connected on video and talking to her and looking at her stuff, she had a very almost hippie vibe, you know, Pacific Northwest tree hugger type <laughs> vibe with it. And yeah. And I asked her, I was like, I'm curious, why did you become an executive coach? Because now I don't mean to generalize, but when you hear the term executive coach, there's usually a certain image that you're thinking yeah. of, whether it be female, male, executive coach, whatever. It's very corporate. It's wearing the power skirt or the suit, you know, everything else. And she did not come across like that. Now I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said, I heard this is where the money is. But to tell you the truth, I really don't enjoy working with most of these people. They're jerks. The corporatized. So I'm like, well, there could be your problem. You don't enjoy working with them. If you hate your target market, you're going to have some issues with actually making it work. And she just didn't enjoy it. You know, maybe she should have gone into another type of coaching that tapped the other side of the brain. And, you know, it was more around creativity and all that other stuff. But just a quick story that always stands out to me around that. That's what happens when a number of people come to me. They are not happy in their business for one reason or another, whether they're doing stuff that they don't like to do, they're working too many hours, or they are, you know, just not making the money that they want for all the work that they're putting in. And so I created this hashtag that I go by, which is work less, earn more. But you've got to be happy in it. Life's too short to be miserable. Yeah, I mean, are you excited bouncing out of bed? You know, everyone has their up and down days or whatever, but I'm an early riser and my fiance is like, oh my God, how do you do that or whatever? Well, I actually like what I do. I love it and I can't wait to get to it. So, you know, is it something that you would do for free now? I hope you're not going to do it for free. But I find the coaches that do the best or any creator, any entrepreneur, anything, the ones that focus on their craft and the actual, you know, what they're doing to build something, the money's the byproduct that it comes from it. I had Bob Berg from um, the Go-Giver came on my show before and he said something that stuck with me ever since. He said, money is an echo of value. So if you're building something good and you're putting value out into the atmosphere, <laughs> out into the marketplace, it's going to be received. It's going to reflect in your bank account or in your wallet. Money yeah. is an echo of value. So that's something every coach should get tattooed on their bodies. Temporary tattoos. <laughs> so your daily emails, and I get asked this all the time, how do you come up with content? It gets easier the more you do it. So I don't want people to think that my first day of doing them, I started cranking out emails in five minutes and I got a year's worth written right away or anything like that. For me, I get my ideas from stories from my life. Whoever you are, people say, oh, well, I don't have any stories. I don't care how old you are, what you do, where you live. You have stories that you can take and turn into lessons or something that can benefit your readers. There are stories from my client's life. Now I keep confidentiality in mind. I wouldn't say Diana's, you know, been going through marital issues and she had a bad case of diarrhea this morning. I shouldn't use your name for that example, by the way, (laughs) Sarah or Mike or whatever. I wouldn't say that, but you use confidentiality and some common sense, get ideas from things that I'm watching, you know, and it's not just personal development, YouTube videos or whatever. It's could be movies, shows. I'm constantly jotting down things I see, the things I'm reading, you know, there's newsjacking when you look through news sites and something stands out there. You could pull ideas from that. Books I'm reading, blah, 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 all that other stuff. So basically, the more that you do it, you're going to get, if anything, an abundance of ideas, probably too many ideas. You're going to have to strike some out in there. But it's like building a muscle at the gym. You're building a content creation muscle. For sure. I know I've been doing, I'll confess, weekly emails since probably 2015. And it didn't start out being easy, like you said, but it does get better. And I've moved up to twice a week. So there's some yeah. work there. 
My recommendation is to batch them. So don't sit down in front of your laptop 15 minutes before it's set to go out that morning and you're staring at the white screen with the blinking dot or whatever. So I always like to stay ahead, you know, ideally a week or two, and then you schedule them in. If something happens that you want to get into an email tomorrow, you can reschedule, move things around and then slot it in. But definitely don't want to be staring at a screen just before the email is set to go out. I recommend at least a week will give you that comfort. You know, it's you've got them in the can, kind of like you with your podcast, me with my podcast, we record them and have a bunch batched together sitting there in the oven waiting to come out. Very often I'll sit down Sunday evening and kind of do a bunch because I think Sunday, you know, I'm not in business mode. And so the creativity tends to flow. It comes back. Yeah. My earliest emails when I started doing the daily, I'll mention this just in case anyone's discouraged, probably took me about an hour to write an email at the beginning. Now I'm in around 15 minutes. And sometimes I'm shorter if I cheat. And what I say by cheating is I sometimes go back to an email that I sent five years ago, seven years ago, and I might tweak it, right? For us Canadians, you know, if that email said something Prime Minister Harper and now it's Prime Minister Trudeau, that'd sound a little bit weird. You got to change some things with it. So some of my emails take less than five minutes, but that's because I'm cheating and I'm copying and pasting and just using a previous content. So if you start emailing today, your future self will actually thank you because you're creating content that you could use three years, five years down the road, whatever. Exactly. So do you multi-purpose content? So you've done a podcast, let's say, do you turn that into an email or does that go into your secret coach club snail mail? Well, the Secret Coach Club's exclusive content, so it's not okay. just e- emails or Facebook posts. It's something I write, hence the secret thing. It's kind of behind the curtain, you know, it's stuff I'm just sending out publicly. So th- that's different with the print newsletter. But the way that I repackage my stuff or spread it out, it's good if you're writing something or creating anything to squeeze as much juice out of the orange as possible. So the, here's the exact way that I do it is the foundation is the daily email. That's what I'm writing first. Now, some people prefer to do it the other way where they turn a social media post into an email. Just for me, that's the foundation. I look at it as email first. That email goes on to my blog and we could do a whole other show on that. Some people say, well, why'd you put the email on the blog? Because no one will subscribe if they could just go to your blog and get it without subscribing. That's not the case. People like getting the email delivered to their inbox, but the blog has SEO advantages and other things. Google likes to see you updating your website every day if you're doing daily emails and blogs. So it goes email, blog, then goes to social media. And there's probably seven places around there. There's three on Facebook, Facebook group, personal Facebook, Facebook fan page shares the link to the blog. There's Twitter, there's sometimes Instagram, if it's something that's pick worthy in there as well. So you can see one piece of content is really becoming something like seven pieces or so. So actually you hinted at something. And so I have a question that I ask every guest on the show. And since I focus on teaching entrepreneurs, business owners, how they can build a business to work less and earn more. So my question to you is, what is your definition, your personal definition of your current level of working less and earning more? State of improvement, I guess I would say. I'm a recovering workaholic and that I blame my real estate days because anyone who's been in real estate knows that you're basically doing two jobs or maybe three. You're chained to your phone. Nowadays, you got all the other stuff. Client says jump, you say how high, right? You're running around. And I was able to do it in my 20s because my son wasn't born until the tail end of that. I don't think I could do it now at 43. I wouldn't want to be 
doing real estate. Yeah, anyone who enjoys it or whatever, for me, 10 years was enough. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not fun anymore. So I blame my real estate days for the workaholic tendencies. When I first got into coaching, podcasting and stuff, I was working over 100 hours a week easy because I was doing a daily podcast at the time. I was editing my show, which thankfully a year later, I handed off to my brother who he started a podcast editing business and he's done really well. But I said, here you go, have fun. I I don't want to do it. And now I take steps to make sure that I'm not working all the time because I could very easily justify working 18 hours a day if I wasn't careful. So I have something I'm looking for the little sticky. There it is right there. It's hard to see. This sticky tells me when to go check social media and my email. There's basically five times of the day I pop in and check those things. Now, some people might say, oh, geez, five times is a lot. Well, no, I think the average entrepreneur is probably a lot more. And when I go in there, I'm posting what I have to post, I get the heck out or I'm doing what I have to do. And then I'm, I call it drive by posting, you know, <laughs> you, you post and then you squeal out of there. So things like this, you need to have boundaries. Well, another thing that was happening to me a few years ago, which, you know, of course, our whole business is on our phone and our laptops and stuff. I was finding that I would say, well, I'll go hang out with my family, my son, my fiance or whatever, but I'd bring my laptop. So I'm in the living room, dining room with the laptop open and a multitasking family and doing whatever there. And I'm like, no, that's not good. So now I'm really conscious of when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm playing, I'm playing. And I only do work in my office here because if not, my work follows me all around the house, basically. So. And do you take unplugged vacations? Pre-COVID or now? (laughs) I'm never unplugged. Before COVID, I was really getting to speak at different events. I was in California, I was in North Carolina and Toronto, all in a short span, you know, speak at different conferences. And I wasn't on my phone or laptop constantly. Every day I'm doing a little something. I'm never just missing an action for a couple of days, but I was, quote, working less there because I was tied up with my obligations speaking. But, you know, I never have, well, I know someone who unplugs, he's actually in real estate and he'll go away for a week and leave his phone with his fellow agent at his office. For me, I would find that very stressful because I'd be wondering what's going on. It'd be more stressful for me sitting on the beach or by the pool. I'd like to at least have some little tether just to make sure if the world's ending, there's a zombie apocalypse or whatever, that I know what's going on. Interesting. Interesting. Well, this has been delightful, Mark, talking to you and learning about you know the three pillars, the daily emails. And so I'm hoping that we can have you on the show again in the future. And maybe we will talk about blogging and different things like that. So thank you very much for coming on board. For those of you who are listening, thank you for joining another episode of the Grow Equation Business Podcast. Be sure to check your notes for the links to more information and all the resources mentioned today. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Grow Equation Business Training Podcast where it's all about hashtag work less, earn more. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this and want more of Diana, you're invited to join her private Facebook community for live trainings, articles, and Q&A. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash think like a CEO with Diana. Until next time, thanks for listening.